Hammer Down Show is back on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. We've got the mobile app. Uh, you can listen to us right there. And don't forget, if you miss any interviews, uh, follow us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, our Twitter, our Facebook. All has that stuff posted up there. I don't want you to miss out. All right, we have connected. Sam King of the Journal and Courier is on with us. Uh, Mr. High School Sports does a tremendous job covering that stuff locally. He's also a pretty good dude to talk to. Sam, how you doing, buddy? Oh, uh, I'm good now that I'm on the, the phone with you. Uh, clearly, I missed my boat earlier and, and just lost track of time. So, um, good to connect. I'm just glad that uh, that that you're doing all right here. Uh, you and I we kind of went a little viral here, didn't we? Uh, we we were talking about uh, Paul Feinbaum's idiocracy of uh, stating that Tennessee won the uh, Music City Bowl and. Uh, I don't know. We we had some things to talk about. I didn't realize that was going to blow up as much as it did. I think we have a new favorite punching bag. <laughs> uh, well, my email, I don't know how these people from Tennessee or these Tennessee fans found my grading the boilers that I do from all the, the college football games. And uh, I got ripped by some fans via email, so forth and so on, about uh, Tennessee was robbed and how I didn't mention it and uh, I understand this was supposed to be a pro Purdue, you know, friendly article and, and all that, but it was just a lack of insight and journalism integrity to not mention uh, <laughs> the blown call at the end of the game, which you know I didn't make the call. And but my understanding is once the official says for momentum is stopped, it has stopped, you know, regardless of the whistle blow or not. And you know I, I did see some uh, rules experts, so forth and so on via Twitter that uh, that made the case for why it was stopped when it was, uh, why a teammate can't grab your arm and jerk you into the end zone and, you know, basically pull your shoulder out of socket to make sure the ball crosses the goal line and so forth and so on. So, um, you know, it, it was the call that was made. I'm sure if it was the other way around, Purdue fans would be mad about it. But, um, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, it's no secret that Purdue has had its, its share of calls go against it. So, uh, you know, maybe this was, uh, you know, if, if for momentum actually wasn't stopped, maybe this is the time it goes in Purdue's favor. I'm disappointed because I got zero hate mail. I didn't get any DMs or anything like that. Nobody got it. What am I going to do to be hated around here? This is ridiculous. All right. So, Sam, let's talk a little bit about uh, high school sports here. First off, uh, I did want to get into This is a great wrestling community that we have here, and I know that girls wrestling is Starting to take off a little bit, and uh, you tweeted about this. I mean, the first like local dual girls wrestling meet has happened. Um, yeah, I, I think it's so cool that uh, that community is embracing that aspect of it because I think there's you know there's probably still a little bit of a stigma with uh, some people in that, but uh, we really have some talented girls wrestlers in this community, don't we? Yeah, and I know probably five six years ago now, Lafayette Jeff. Had a, a girl that was interested, had a, um, actually Essen Tenderson, who ended up being a state shot button distance champion and competed in the Olympic trials last summer um, in the throwing event, uh, is now at Virginia Tech. But she was a really good wrestler, and she was competing against the guys. She just wanted to wrestle. Um, well, then you get a couple more girls that were interested, and Lafayette just like, hey, let's, you know, let's kind of start a girls' wrestling team. Uh, the unfortunate thing was they didn't have a whole lot of people to compete against except for the guys. Um, the sport just kind of has blown up since uh, that point. They now have, it's uh, not IHSA sanctioned, but they do have an Indiana Coaches Girls Wrestling you know, Sports Association um, 
turn, state tournaments, of which um, you know McCutcheon has a, a senior now, Riley Dimby Wolf, who's won three state championships and is going for a fourth this season. There's a lot of other uh, girls in the area that have either won a state championship or been on the podium there, and I imagine that there's probably a few girls right now uh, in this county that have a shot at a state championship when that comes around. Uh, I know West Lafayette's got two girls that are really talented, and um, one of them who's uh, competed in the boys' sectional before. I know Jeff had a girl that competed in the boys' sectional last year, and she's having a great year uh, again this season. So it's uh, definitely a sport that's blowing up. It's it's becoming more and more popular, and um, as the uh, interest increases at other schools, as you know, as you mentioned last night, Lafayette, Jeff, and Benton Central, it was only four matches, but it was an official dual meet between the two girls programs there. Um, I think that the IHSA will have a hard time not sanctioning it at some point. And, um, you know, when you do that, you got to find a comparable uh, boys' sport to throw in there. So I don't know if bowling or something like that would be uh, the route to go there. But I do think that at some point uh, you're going to say, look, X number of high schools have the sports. Uh, we need to get this, uh, get this going and get this sanctioned by the State Athletic Association. Sam King of the Journal and Courier on with us on the Hammerhead Hotline talking uh, some high school sports. Uh, let's transition over to uh, boys' hoops here. Uh, you know, we're sitting about, what, halfway through the season right now. Clearly, we get an idea of what some of these teams are. Uh, I want to start with West Lafayette under new management and Jacob Van Arsdale, who, you know, they started out, what, they won two out of those first three and they've struggled ever since. So, you know, what's wrong with West Lafayette? Can they turn that around as uh, they hit the halfway point here and get themselves ready and possibly make a run once we hit the sectionals? Yeah, um, unfortunately, one of the things that happened to West Lafayette after that um, first week and a half was uh, two of the best players were out for a short period of time. And, um, you know, it's a young team that, uh, quite honestly, take away the two returning guys from last year. And, um it's going to be tough sledding because those are the two guys that you really count on to, to get a load of your points. Um, I think West Lafayette is a team that will get better and better as the season goes on, and maybe a team that this season anyway, you don't judge the improvement of the team based on wins and losses because, like you said, it's a new coach uh, that is trying to, to put his own stamp on the program, and uh, you know your, your best two returning players, or your only two returning players really, um, were a, a, an off guard and a, a post. And the post can't do a whole lot if, if you can't get the ball underneath to them. So you got to have people that can handle the ball and um, get the ball up the court. So that is one of the things that when Braden Shrewsbury uh, transferred because of his father became the head basketball coach at Penn State, mm-hmm. uh, he really lost a lot of that, um, not only scoring, but the, a guy that you could count on to um, bust through double teams and, you know, didn't get phased by being trapped and things like that. A guy that was confident with the ball in his hands and had played a lot of point guards. So uh, they'll come around. I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the season, they'll be playing a lot better. And, you know, maybe it's not a team that wins a sectional championship, probably not this season anyway, but uh, it will be a good launching pad into the next season and the season after that. Everybody I've talked to, you know, Jacob Van Arsdale has been at, uh, at, in Bloomington, he was, he was an assistant coach. He was an assistant coach at Carmel last year when they won a state championship. And the coaches he's worked under are state championship coaches, you know, future Hall of Fame coaches, and they all talk um, very highly of him and, and what he brings to the table. So I don't think it will be too long in the future where you start to say, hey, you know, that was the right hire at West Lafayette. 
You know, you're over in the Hoosier Conference over to CC2. You know, Dave Barrett, I mean, 17 years here, a lot of really good teams. They're sitting around 500 right now at 5-4. and four. Last season was not what that program's used to. I mean, they're used to winning, what, like, you know, 15-plus games here. They're sitting at 5-4 and four right now. Uh, they'll have a tough one. They went three straight row games coming up, including McCutcheon here uh, this weekend. Uh, is CC what should be the outlook? Where's the bar at for them? Uh, I think the postseason. Uh, as you saw last year, they lost the regional championship on a buzzer beater, despite the fact that they finished below 500 for the first time in, I'm going to say, 30 plus years. Um, it was a, a team that showed we're good enough to win a Class A state championship. You know. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, it takes everything falling your way, and, and on one particular night, it looked like they were going to win, and, and they didn't, and the season was over. But I think they're uh, they're in a fine situation. They've got three six foot five kids, which at the Class A level, you're not going to see that. Um, that's uh, a big advantage for them. Uh, they've got you know plenty of guys that I think when you get into that tournament, um, they are good enough to be a top five team in Class A. They're not going to be ranked in the top five in Class A because, as you mentioned, uh, you know a lot of the voters, of which I am one of them, um, <laughs> look at their record and think, "Oh, okay, well, you know they're they're five and four. We can't rank them too high." But a lot of times, you don't look at the schedule they play and say, "Well, you know the top five teams in Class A were playing that schedule. They would uh, they would not be very good." Um, Fort Wayne Blackhawks, for example, right now is undefeated, um, maybe a favorite to win the two A state championship and uh, beat Central Cal with that thing by one bucket. So um, that tells you right there that they're every bit as good as, as that team and uh, probably should be regarded as so. I think, Sam, There's it looks like it's a five-dog race in the North Central Conference. Uh, the surprising uh, horse in that race, Arsenal Tech, who leads the conference in scoring at 73.8 points per game. They sit at 10-2. and two. I don't even played anybody. This is usually Jeff territory. Harrison likes to... Uh, you know, bring uh, bring some heat there. I know Kokomo traditionally has brought some guys. Anderson's not too bad this year. How's the NCC shake out? Well, I think Tech would go into the season based on the guys that uh, – it's funny how it works sometimes. Uh, guys that were on a different team or at a different school last year end up somewhere else, and um, sometimes multiple uh, of those. But Tech is a team that going into this conference season, you thought that's a team that, that probably is the favorite to win the league. Uh, McCushion found that out last night. Uh, I think lost by probably 20-something points. I can't remember now um, in that game. Um, but, yeah, Tech is really good, and, and a lot of people know that Tech's really good. And um, the thing is, you know, I, I thought this was a year where Harrison probably was the best team in the area. Um, still maybe is the case, but Lafayette Justice honestly surprised me with how well they've played because when you look at the, the three guys that they lost last year, you thought, oh, that's going to be tough to replace. Well, you get one six foot six kid uh, that used to be at Jeff that moved back from Kansas, and that was a big boost. And then other guys have stepped up, and they weren't healthy to start the year, and, and now they're starting to get healthy and um, do some things. And Mark Barnhouser has been a coach for four decades. He's gonna he's gonna figure out what best works for the team that he has on the floor at some point. So I think Jeff will factor into that, and, and I think Harrison will factor into that. Um, that's a team that. Is just gritty and hard nosed, and uh, really kind of when you talk about trademarks, for example, you look at Purdue and what Gene Cady, the Matt Tanner, the transition, um, it's still the same style of basketball that's been here since 1980. Well, uh, Harrison now, you know, with Mark Reinhardt, everybody kind of understands 
you know, even when Harrison doesn't have the, the most talent on the floor, uh, it's got maybe the smartest players on the floor, and, and sometimes the basketball smarts are going to win out over, over talent, and um, that's why Harrison's in every single game they play is because guys make the smart plays, don't turn the ball over, take smart shots, and um, that's the reason that, you know, when it comes to sectional time, I think Harrison is a dangerous player. Sam, before we let you go, uh, a couple of stories that we've talked about, you know, a couple months ago, and I'm still waiting to hear some resolutions on this. Uh, first, ha- have we heard anything new in the McCutcheon uh, football coaches search? Uh, we-, we left this as a, they were probably going to open that up a little bit, and we had a couple of in-house candidates, but are we drawing to a conclusion on that that you've heard of? Uh, the last I heard, which was a few weeks ago, was that they had well over 30 applicants, I think, is, is what I was told. And seven of them were called in for interviews, um, You know, some of them getting second interviews. I don't think it will be too long, especially because now you uh, want to get those coaches in, uh, get them in the weight room, get them familiar with the guys. And you can do a lot of things in the spring for the athletes that aren't in track and field or baseball or whatnot. And so uh, it is definitely uh, – great for your program to have that person around, even if they're not working in the school yet, just so they can come in and um, kind of meet the guys. So I don't think it will be too much longer um, that we will have uh, an announcement on who McCutcheon is hiring as new football coach. So, um, yeah, there's some, some names that are familiar. There's some names that, uh, uh, from what I'm told, used to be in this community that have gone elsewhere and now maybe looking to come back. Um, you know, one name that uh, might be a surprise, um, you know, Obviously, if, if what I'm hearing is correct, which I, I certainly hope it is, um, but yeah, it's going to be no matter who they hire. I think they're they're going to get a coach that um, is going to come in there, uh, kind of change up maybe a little bit the way that things have been done um, for a, a long time now, and, and hopefully take that program back to where it was five six years ago, where they were just running through the uh, the NCC and uh, ranked in the in five A all year long. And then the other one. You know, which broke back in the fall, and I don't think I missed anything. Maybe I did, but do we still have an official athletic director for Lafayette Jeff going forward? Well, uh, right now it is still Justin Gardner, uh, who had been in administration at Twin Lakes. He'd been in administration at Clinton Central. Great guy. Uh, yeah, he's been a head football coach at uh, multiple schools, and um, you know, I think this year, to be honest, he's done a fantastic job. He has. Uh, especially given the circumstances that, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, it's a mm-hmm. tough job that you've got a year. I don't know if it's a, a prove it year or let's see what you can do. But uh, he's answered the call on everything. Um, he's you know, works his butt off. I don't think I ever go to a sporting event and don't see him at least pop his head in there, even if uh, he's got to be at five places at the same time. So the fact that he's doing that just tells you everything. And then obviously with the girls' basketball situation there, uh, made a, a – interim coaching change three or four games into the season, and now he's stepped in and is kind of helping uh, with the uh, in an assistant role with the girls' basketball program. So he's really doing it all right now, and um, I don't know how he keeps his head on straight, but um, you know he's done a, a fantastic job, and I think that at the very least when they go the route of which direction are we going to go moving forward, he will certainly get an interview and have a, a case to make for why I should be considered for the job. I hope so. He, You're right. He's done an absolutely great job. We interacted with a bunch of them during football season. He's fantastic. 
uh, that would definitely be a good hire for them. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He does just such a tremendous job of covering local high school sports. He really is the man. We're lucky to have him on the show. Sam, uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, we'll talk again soon, all right? All right, I appreciate it. Sorry for the, uh, the delay. Hey, you're all right, buddy. We love you. All right. Take, take care. care. All right, we're going to take uh, our final break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the Hammerdown show next on 1017 The Hammer. 101-